whatever you want to attribute that greatness to, seems to put the wind at your back and push you forward and doors begin to unlock and you see things in a renewed perspective. The Den of Lies. Here we are, episode two, sort of a part two to the first one. I realized after listening to it that I didn't fully expand on points that I should have. And so I'll get through those really briefly. What I said could be summed up as this. If you're bored, it might be because you're boring. Now, I'm not all great myself. I have my downfalls and points of humility that should be acknowledged. I also play video games and waste a fair bit of time myself. But it's a pretty poignant point to make. If you're bored all the time, it might be because you are boring. Maybe you're living a boring life. So let's change that. What I surmised you should do is to adopt some goals, but I didn't really tell you why it's important. The reason adopting goals is so key is because something magical happens. It's like you can have these ambitions and these ideas in your head of what you'd like to achieve and how you'd like things to go. But unless you have a concrete goal, a lot of times it falls to the wayside or you just don't allocate time properly. The magic comes by creating the goal and then working towards it. Somehow there's this movement that happens on a deeper level. The... Universe, God, fade, what have you, (laughs) whatever you want to attribute that greatness to, seems to put the wind at your back and push you forward and doors begin to unlock and you see things in a renewed perspective. Now, another logical and powerful point of why having goals is so important is this. The ideas in your head are transient and they don't have any weight to them. They have some, but they don't have much weight to them. And so when you write down your goals, you create that physically for the first time. So if you want to build a house thinking to yourself, okay, I want to build this thing. Here I go. I'm going to do it. Typically, the next step is finding out a floor plan, creating a blueprint, or writing out how you're going to achieve it. And so when you have a written goal, it keys you in because you see that you've done it, and it creates some motivation because now here's this thing, this target that's been painted, and if you don't hit it, well, there's a possibility that you come to terms with oh, damn, I didn't achieve the thing that I set out to achieve. And it wasn't kept to myself. You know, it was real. It became tangible and I failed at it. Maybe that's what scares people. But when you write it out for the first time, you give it a form. And so it's the first step into achieving 
whatever it is that you want to achieve. Thinking about it is intangible and then your writing makes it tangible and then you create a plan of how you'll achieve it or you just go after it, right? But there's something to be said for having goals written out. It's a very powerful thing. And if you want to hear it explained more succinctly or perhaps more eloquently, look up The Strangest Secret in the World by Earl Nightingale. And the way he describes it is quite nice. So after having listening to my podcast, I had some reflections. One was that I had a sort of battle with myself and it was like, well, is what you say really worth it? Like, do you deserve to make a podcast? Should people listen? Like, what makes you think you can go out and start a podcast? And that's interesting because for all of my other goals that I've pursued, I haven't really had that internal angst. And so that was new, or at least something I hadn't experienced in a long time. And my response to myself was that, sure, of course I do. Everybody's opinion is certainly valid, and there's some value to it. Now, I don't necessarily think that I'm better and therefore more deserving of a podcast, but I know because of all the things that I've read, the experience that I've had, and my willingness to do so, I think the information I have to share is certainly worthwhile. And it nailed down for me why I'm doing this. The concept of an open source mind. I want to branch out my information that I'm aware of. If it stays inside my head, it's singular. I want to get it out and share it and have other people pick that up and run with it as well. But largely, I want it to be for my children, whom I hope to meet one day. In any event, if something were to happen, I want to leave behind some sort of bank where not only can they have knowledge passed to them, but they have the voice. And so I have a journal, I have my writing, I have my videos, but I wanted to have some audio. So those are the three things that I came to think of as I listened to my podcast. And so now I have three more points. And again, kind of expanding on what I mentioned in the first one. So perhaps you could call this a part two of episode one, but I'm going to go with it as episode two, because as a whole, it is different. So the three goals that I have set for myself which are to have a net worth of 250k, which I know I said $250 last time, 250k, to be 180 pounds at 10 to 11% body fat, and to be in the top 25th percentile of public speakers or speakers, communicators. I'm going to break down why I have those goals, why they're important, and why I think you as well should adopt Some goals in these three realms, health, wealth, and communication.
So the first is health. It's tantamount. If you're wealthy, but you can't be mobile, or you can't comprehend what's going on, the wealth is essentially of no use. Your health comes first. And so much of that is determined by your lifestyle. The things you do day in and day out, especially the small things cyclically, because those add up. If you saved a dollar a day, after 100 days, you've got $100, and I think everybody would like to have $100. So in the same way, there's things we're doing or not doing every day, which count as a dollar, and the next day is another dollar. You're either gaining or losing, and so the idea is to become 1% better, because at a certain point, the growth becomes exponential, and your lifestyle is huge. What are you doing every day that brings you joy, that adds flavor to your life? Do you actually enjoy your life? If not, do something about it. For me, I added dancing every day. And I had somewhat recently seen the movie Jojo Rabbit. And one of my favorite lines was when Scarlett Johansson said, We must dance because it shows God that we are grateful for living. And I wholly agree with that. There are so many toxins in our life. And leaving out the mental, emotional, non-physical ones, sticking with just the physicals, anything you can do to cut out those things is going to benefit you, even if it seems small. Making changes in your surroundings, the type of cookware you have being one example. If you ask yourself, what can I expel from my life to make me healthier? You know the answers. You're going to get an answer and you should listen to it. If you're asking yourself, what can I do to become healthier? And then you ignore the answer that you receive. Man, peril, peril awaits you. Because of the era we live in, there are so many toxins. And so you should be consuming things and doing things that aid in your cleansing, your metabolic pathways. So for me, I'm very much looking forward to the saunas in the gyms being available once again. But there are herbs like milk thistle, which are highly cleansing for the liver. So two things to look into would be Things that aid in the cleansing of your liver and your kidneys. How do you support those two organs? Because those two are the cleanup crew. And two super important organs in your body. And it's especially prudent now to be considering these things because of the time we live in. Exercise is a big one. I want to go deeper continuously in more episodes so I'm just going to leave it as a must if you're not doing it my guess is that it's because you don't enjoy it so the advice that I give you is to find some sort of exercise that you do enjoy if it's dancing then dance make a 20 minute 30 minute timer and just get after it at least four or five days a week Personally, lately, I've really enjoyed doing farmer walks. So I grab a dumbbell in each hand. You could use a kettlebell or 
really, I suppose, any sort of weight and go walk three-fourths of a mile or a mile with 25 pounds in each hand. Oh, gosh. It feels great. It feels great. There's so many supplements that you could incorporate into your diet, but really your daily stack. Things you should be consuming at a bare minimum. And two of those big ones are zinc and magnesium. Two highly important minerals, I believe. (laughs) I think possibly a vitamin. No, minerals. Right, see, I don't know everything. I have to be humbled many times. Two highly important minerals. And magnesium particularly is used in over 300 of your mm, processes in the body. Your body's using magnesium constantly. Same with zinc. Zinc is crucial to your immune system as well. And so with this whole pandemic that we're experiencing... These are two ways that you can amplify your body's immune system. On top of that, getting ample sunlight. The two biggest factors for predicting a coronavirus uh, severe outcome in which they need to be hospitalized, the first is obesity. Your metabolic health is huge. The second is vitamin D. Getting that sunlight on as much of your skin as possible. Soaking it in. Working up. You know, don't go overboard. But let's assume there's a wave two of this thing. Wave three, wave four. The best thing you can do for yourself in anticipation of that is to begin exercising and consuming these supplements. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I have to alleviate responsibility It's up to you to look into these things for yourself and decide if you really should incorporate them and consume them. But these are things that you're recommended to consume every day. And so you want to give your body a surplus because think of the stress of what it feels like every month to barely have enough. When you pay rent, you've, you're barely there. Sometimes you don't even know if you're going to make it. That's what's happening with your body as well, with all of the things that it's consuming daily. So by just giving it that bare minimum, there's stress that gets weighted onto your body. And so when you give it a surplus, you're allowing it the ease of knowing that, okay, I have enough resources And mitigating stress in every way is going to help you. Another huge thing is meditation. Something I need to continue to get better about doing. Something I've done for quite a while. And so I'll leave health there. Overall, I think if you can recalibrate your lifestyle so that it's bringing you joy and you're constantly moving towards what you know to be beneficial towards you and leaving behind things that don't serve you, you're going to have this increasing feeling of cleanliness and lightness. And that goes a long way. People can see it and people can sense it. And sensing it within yourself is a great, great reward. The second thing is wealth. 
So, it comes down to this. Do you want to go in a circle or do you want to move forward? Touching on that rent scenario again, most people are working so much just to barely make rent. And then they repeat that over and over and over and over and over and over. And if you have a quote unquote big boy, big girl job, many times you're still doing the same thing. Many times those people are caught up in debt and there's no outcome. Your income gives you an opportunity to invest it so that you can create a completely different paradigm for yourself, but you have to invest it. See it this way. Would you rather have the seed or the food? If you have food, you're paying for it over and over and over. But if you pay for a seed one time and do it right, you can create a garden or a farm, a ranch, an orchard that sustains you indefinitely. To a point where you can share with others because you have so much. So don't move in a circle. Don't just continuously blow your money on these things that aren't elevating you. And I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't give financial advice. I don't give financial advice. But I'll tell you what I've read and what I do. I invest 10% of everything I earn. So every time I earn $100, I invest $10. And here's what it comes down to. It's a strategy. And it removes your emotion from the buying process. If you invest 10% of everything you earn, you're investing a dime out of every dollar you earn. So if you can't afford to lose a dime out of every dollar you earn, you've got some big problems. But that's the truth of it. 10% seen objectively helps you to make this purchase a routine. And you can detach yourself from the outcome of it. Lastly, communication. Communication is huge. It's what I'm doing right now. And if I have any sufficiency at it, then I'm getting my ideas across. And that's important. Because they should be serving you and amplifying your capacity to, to live. But what motivated me to develop a goal around communication was the book Tools for Titans by Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is a great author. Many people know him. And so I won't give you his bio. I'll just say that in the, one of the chapters of his book, He talks about how for young people, the biggest thing they can do to help themselves at this time is to combine any skill and communication. Enhancing your ability to communicate will enhance your pay in every field. So if you speak two languages and you're bilingual, You can apply for a pay raise pretty easily because you can service more customers and that's going to service your company and your employer will recognize that. Now, imagine if you get really good at communicating in just one language. Forget multiple. 
If you can do it well with English, you're going to get paid more many times over anything you do. A further point is that Tim Ferriss said exactly a goal that any young person should be aiming for is to be in the top 25 percentile, the top fourth of speakers. Anything you do is a communication. Dating, sales, applications for a job, really everything. Enhancing your ability to communicate is going to enhance your life. Now, as a man, it's especially important because women have in their brain 8 to 12 areas that aid them in deciphering social cues. Men have 4 to 6. Women are more affluent and able to navigate socially than men are. So as a man, it should be a prerequisite that you're working to develop your communication skills. Now, consider this. Human beings are accredited to be what they are because of their capacity to communicate. That one thing that separates us from the animal kingdom is our ability to create this abstract language with symbols and convey these ideas to one another. And so imagine that this one thing that's attributed to be perhaps the largest factor that separated us from our animal cousins being communication, wouldn't you want to develop that to its fullest capacity? What happens if you do? So your health your wealth, and your ability to communicate are tremendously important to you. And if you haven't realized that, I hope you do now. That concludes episode two. I hope this serves you. I hope you gained something from it. Again, if you've made it this far, thank you very much. It was interesting to look at the statistics Once I started to get some data in from my first episode, the majority of my viewers are female. I wasn't expecting that. I assume (laughs) many come from family. And so regardless of how this all plays out, I'm grateful for you taking the time to hear what I have to say. And I hope it helps you in your life in some way. I've cleared up what I believe to be largely important to me. Having goals and the perspective that it creates, alleviating boredom from your life seemingly permanently, and the three goals that should be paramount to you, your health, your wealth, and your communication. This becomes a key point in the book that I'm writing. I really would like to pick that up because I really would like to share more on that with you. So as I go, I'd like to tell you my 15 daily goals and perhaps some of them you can adopt. The first is to make my bed. The second is to prime. Look up Tony Robbins priming. 
five minutes of journaling. I write what I'm grateful for, what would make today great if I did it, and an affirmation. I do about eight minutes of yoga movement. I practice my foreign languages, primarily Chinese and Russian. Clean my mouth. Sometimes that means oil pulling, dancing, power posing, bioenergetic breathing. Look up Elliot Hulse, bioenergetic breathing, hanging therapy, reading, meditation, the Wim Hof method, which is a breathing technique, in back, a game for developing your working memory, and foam rolling. <sighs> Cheers. We're so close to the end of this whole pandemic thing. And I hope coming out of it, you have a renewed sense of gratitude and an ambition to pursue what could be yours. <laughs>